guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio ZSL Podcast, man. I'm your host as always. And again, guys, just as a nice little snippet, if you guys are interested in my pronunciation course, if you are looking to improve your pronunciation, that is available right now. Link is in the description. Also, TOEFL ITPers out there, the discounted rate is still ongoing. If you are wondering if you would like to of course, join my TOEFL ITP course and go along with it. Let me know. And there's big information. Now, you guys may have already heard, but this happened as of today on the recording day. I'm going to be making a switch, okay? So I'm going to take my memberships, which are on Patreon, are going to be switched, and I'm going to put them on Podia. The main reason for this being is when someone buys my membership, they should immediately get every like the like you should be charged on the first day and not be charged until after 30 days however patreon is not like that patreon you're charged at the first of the month every month and with the membership especially on patreon there's really not much to it right so i think podia is far more phenomenal and i'm absolutely willing to pay obviously 30 dollars a month to have that and to see if I uh, get more memberships because things would be all in the same area. So if you're looking for reading material, it would be all in the same area. Uh, the, the videos and the tutorials would also be uploaded on there. Uh, it, uh, it's just so much better, guys. So let's just put it that way. So if you guys are interested now, because, you know, I had a guy before I get into this. Sorry, I'm just going on a rant right now. There was a guy that bought my membership through, obviously, uh, my YouTube. And then after he bought it, he's like, oh, well, I want my refund because there's nothing interested for me. And I'm like, dude, there's a lot of stuff on there. But the problem is the stuff is everywhere. And I don't like the fact that the, the, like, the material is all over the place. So, and it's not all in one bundle. So there should be a TOEFL folder. And then there should be the writing steps. Like, okay, step number one, step number two. Video tutorial, video tutorial, video tutorial. However, it's not like that, unfortunately, on Patreon. And it could be a little bit crazy for a lot of people. Like all the speaking evaluations and all the private podcasts and the webinars, I could do everything on Podia. So if you guys don't already know, it should be available as of right now. So if you guys are interested, now with the early access, the uploads and everything, guys, get on over there to good old Podia and I'll be waiting for you there. So. And saying that, here we go. It's interview time. That's right, people. We have Mo Choi. She is a director of Mo Cho Design. Um, she and you are going to be hearing about her in regards to the certain things we're going to be listening for, like introductions, work-life balance, telephone talk, all that other good stuff. Um, I tried connecting with her on LinkedIn. She did not get back to me. Uh, she's been doing her business for about 25 years already, and um, it just seems like she's not very active. So I was really, really hoping to bring her on especially, but unfortunately, not exactly. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking especially about networking. It's funny that we're going to be talking about networking before we actually start talking about networking, which is really weird. Um, but let's look at the different ways of networking. Guys, we've talked about this before, right? but we're gonna have to hit it off in different ways. But you have to ask yourself, which ways do you like and which ones do you not like? So I have five of them right here, right now. The first one is going to an organized networking event. The second one, making a one-on-one -on -one or one-to-one connection. 
Number three, being introduced by a colleague or a client. Number four, talking together in small groups. And number five, connecting online through a networking site. So which one do you like most? So this is, this is pivotal. So if we, if we do this on a scale one through five, I'm going to have to look at it this way and give you examples because we're going to talk in the next podcast how you can break the ice speaking, obviously, your native tongue to someone, whereas some, their native tongue might not be English. So how can you break the ice if that is the case? Okay, so don't worry. We'll be talking about that, obviously, in the next podcast. So you guys just stay tuned for that. But today... Let's go over this. So going to an organized networking event. Now, this could be easy. It all really depends, to be honest with you. You know, Grant Cardone, if you guys are unaware of him, um, not many people are aware of him anymore. He was more big uh, about three years ago, such as Gary V2. But now, you know, uh, not that big anymore. But nonetheless, you know, he is one of the real estate people out there in America. And he had an event called the 10 times event. And let me tell you exactly that because this 10 times event was so big, it ended up just sending like ripple effect on social media. So I realized that everyone was at this 10 times event. I would continue commenting and doing this. And then I started getting a lot of ads. I was very fortunate enough to meet uh, an Australian by the name of Lenita um at the time that was probably about two very like more than two years two and a half years ago and i met quite a few people from that event that introduced me to other people so that is the beauty of those types of events because they're so massive and because you guys can connect on so many different levels it just ends up booming uh to be honest with you i do believe that i connected with carla and to be honest with you, you guys probably have already heard that podcast uh, with not Carla, but it was with Ebru. As a matter of fact, no, I network with someone through the networking site, LinkedIn. So not her, but there are two others. And one is a Reiki healer and another one is a holistic healer. Now you're going to be hearing those two, but I met those two through Carla, which I had met through another person who went to this event two and a half years ago. So it goes to show you the, 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 the scale of how big that massive event was. So me, however, no, I don't like going to organize events. Maybe, just maybe, but you have to realize where is it, how many people. Now, if you go off to a retreat in Bali, it could be very easy to meet people. If you go off to a retreat where there are a bunch of couples, it's going to be very difficult to meet people. If you go off to a retreat where there are entrepreneurs from all over, it can be very, very good. But again, it's all hit or miss because when you sit down and you sit down next to a couple of people, they may introduce themselves to you depending on what country they're from, right? So if I go to a networking event, well, I doubt it, but again, you mainland Chinese folks, you guys can hear me out on this, but if I go to a networking event in China, it would be beyond difficult for me to meet anyone because I know while I was living in Australia and being in the CBD of Melbourne, it's predominantly Chinese. And to be honest with you, networking, even at like a gym, not even, guys, it's a class. It is extremely difficult to even do that. And those were all students at Melbourne University, the University of Melbourne. 
And I'm like, oh man, if I can't even meet students and I'm basically around their age, I think I was like 22, 23, something like 23 at the time. I'm like, oh man, there's no hope. There's no hope whatsoever. So I ended up saying, you know what, whatever. And so then I went on to, <laughs> so again, in Japan, it could be very difficult because some people would be like, oh my God, foreigner, I'm scared. Korea, it would, this, oh, it would be very difficult because the culture. So you have to think about the culture, like in European culture, different places. I believe possibly in Sweden, it would be difficult. I believe in Germany, it would be difficult. However, in Wales, Ireland, Scotland, and England, it wouldn't be that difficult. In Spain, it could be hit or miss. Uh, in America, honestly, it could be hit or miss, but more than likely, I could meet someone from there. In Australia, it could potentially be hit or miss because I know some amazing Australians, and it just depends. To be honest with you, it all depends on your energy. So if you're the type of boring person, you're just going to attract, you're not going to attract other people around you because you got your shoulders rolled over, like in front of you, you're looking down and you're not looking to connect with anyone. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So um, nonetheless, let's continue this. You know, what's really funny though. I went to a, a way off topic. I went to uh, a bar. It was the best Mexican food I ever had in my life with uh, a friend I had at the time no longer a friend. She's a fool. But anyways, we went to this bar and she's like, Arsenio, she's from Colombia. And we were guessing, right? Because we didn't really know. So I was looking at this girl. She was, oh my God, a 10 out of 10. And I said, oh, Lord of Jesus. And she's like, oh, my friend's behind the counter though. He's one of the bartenders. He's from Colombia. And he's speaking to her and I'm listening to her dialect. I was like, okay, let's make a bet. She's like, check this out. I'm going to throw a conversation gambit out there and I'm going to attract her here. I said, show me how you're going to do it. She talked to her friend. She's like, hey, give me two shots. And he's like, oh, hey, Arsenio, you want a shot? I said, no, I don't want a shot. She said, yeah, get him a shot. I said, no. She said, yeah. I said, no. She said, yeah. And next thing you know, the Colombia looked and started speaking Spanish to my friend, who was from the Honduras. And she said, where are you from? I don't know. Is that is that what it is? I have no idea. And she's like, oh, I'm from Colombia. And I said, see, damn it, I knew it. And she walked over and I said, oh, my God, I love you. So anyways, that's the end of the story. But South American, Central Americans, if you speak a common language, it's very easy to connect. You know, I realized that Cubans, although, you know, Cubans and Americans, a long time ago, they would be upset because we kind of took one, you know, one another's frag, uh, flags, right? But the Cuban lady, she was, oh my God, beautiful and one of the most gorgeous souls ever. I've met some of the most amazing Cubans, uh, Cubanas and the wonderful Panamanians, the Hondurans, you name it, guys. So, if you speak a common language, it might be all, it, it's going to be very good. So basically, if I speak a little bit more Spanish, I could connect very easily at any networking event from Central all the way down to South America and Spain. But because my energy and because the scale of my podcast already, I'm already connected with them. But I'm telling you guys at a networking event. So we're going to give some cues and I'm going to do that in the next podcast, how you can come up with the icebreaker. And we have conversation gambits. Okay. Now, remember, I told you guys that we would be getting into the needy greedy of that. But nonetheless, making a one-on-one -on -one connection, very easy. It shows intent, right? I realized that my LinkedIn profile is beginning to go viral. People in some of the biggest companies in Bangkok are checking out what I got going on. And I'm very excited about what could potentially come from these, you know, potential business opportunities, potential workshops and stuff like that. But one-to-one -one connections, yeah, yeah. But honestly, it's 
being it's not being introduced but it's more of a referral right so networking it's all about referral so if i start training at one company this person might say something over here so as of late you know i have clients from lazada if you guys are unaware of them e-commerce very similar to obviously alibaba who had bought them five years ago for two billion dollars i uh, i have clients children from air asia um you know i have smaller companies obviously around bangkok ktb is an annual company where i do workshops with them they're one of the biggest banks out here in thailand obviously the biggest government bank is as a matter of fact um and so you you guys see what i'm you see what i'm saying so how did i get the lazada well i was actually teaching her through my language center right or how did i get air asia referral how did I get best lube third man? So it all depends what the network it comes down to, but business opportunities follow. So now talking together in small groups, I don't know. It just depends on the, you know, the, the specific area, but I actually, uh, you know, uh, let's say network is like, like I told you guys, I met some business English teachers. You guys heard the wonderful podcast with me and Ebru. It's because we actually met each other in that room or in that specific, um, in that specific uh, Facebook group. And so I connected with her and now that has made an amazing, you know, relationship that could be very long-term, you know, because her and I, we have the same witty, funny self, you know, sense of humor, you know, and we're able to, you know, bounce ideas off one another very easily. So to be honest with you, the best way for me is networking, especially on a networking site, because I saw the magnitude of just how phenomenal that was in 2018, you know, I had, you know, I connected with Luke through the Facebook. I connected with another guy by the name of Daniel Murray through the Facebook. I connected with uh, Selena through the, you know, through Facebook. And it just kept multiplying, especially by year's end. People began bringing me onto, you know, their podcasts and, you know, some guy named Lewis Raymond. This guy has like 100,000 followers. He brought me on one evening at 10 p.m. his time uh, to share my story. And I met quite a few followers and people who are still following me to this day, you know, uh, through that Facebook live chat. I mean, this is what's so great about it. And this is what's so exciting about what's happening, especially. So guys, I cannot stress enough. And I've told you already how important the internet is. We're going to be getting into more of that, especially going into the more seasons. But those are the five things, right? So what I'm going to do now I'm going to have you guys listen to, obviously, uh, the wonderful uh, Mo Choi, although I really don't know if she's wonderful. But what I'm going to hurry up and do is hurry up and screen share the hell out of this so you guys hear what I am hearing. And what we're going to do is we're going to listen to this audio and hear her break down exactly what her company is. So here it is. Design for print and interactive media. Um, and we produce animation and illustration as well produce and uh, so graphic design networking produce. is very important um, I think networking is um, quite a, a frightening word actually I think work relationships are more important um, networking tends to suggest very organized events or actions um, which relate to making connections I think personally I prefer a softer approach, smaller groups. I'm quite shy in 
large groups, large events. So I prefer smaller groups or one-to-one -one connections and introductions via previous clients have always been my mainstay of work. All right, so here we go. Work -life I balance. would say my work-life balance is, is not too bad. Other people may not agree um, yeah. because my husband is also my work partner. Um, work and life are quite integrated and um, we work together, we live together. Sometimes we go out for coffee and talk about projects that we want to do personally. So I think the difference between work and life is quite a grey area and it, it works for us. But then I find work-life balance a strange phrase anyway because it suggests they're opposing things and when you're working you're not living. Mm. The phone is a really important tool for communication. Um, less so than it used to be for me. In the past I communicated by phone all the time. Now I find a lot of clients prefer to use email a lot. Um, but and, and so do I. I think it's really important to find a way of communicating that suits your client as well. If they use the phone more, I tend to phone them more too. If they prefer email, then I'll stick with email. Hmm. All right, so there it is. That's her nice little breakdown. So work-life balance, again, guys, this is... Oh, man, um, th this is something it's a huge myth, right? Because, you know, how can you potentially find the balance? We've already actually talked about that and whatnot. But I have a question here for you based on what you guys are going through, obviously, out there in your life. How would you describe your work life balance or how would you describe the typical work life balance of people within your industry? OK, so within my industry, teachers, OK, I don't really consider myself a teacher anymore. Um, I'm way beyond that because it, it, a teacher isn't able to get clients. I'm more of a trainer. I'm more of a coach and I'm a speaker, right? Because I coach people through things. Uh, I train at different companies and train them in different soft skills and whatnot. And of course, I do a lot of speaking in regards to my podcasts and speaking engagements. So, but if we talk about a teacher, the work-life balance is terrible. So you're at work eight to four. If you're in Japan, you're at work from 6 to 10, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. You are not going to have any free time until the weekend, right? It just depends on your country. So do you have a fair amount of balance? It's tough to call. It's tough to say. Um, even when I was working full-time at a tutor on the outskirts of Bangkok four years ago, uh, the balance in you know 2017, it was a little bit better. But then I was being forced to do things that I did not want to do. So it would be like, oh, we, we, we need you to go to this company. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, I'm not available. And you're not going to shove a company down my face. But if I don't do it, it ends up like threatening my job. So that balance, obviously, that's a completely different category. But that is when I decided to say, you know what, this place isn't for me anymore. I got to get out of here. I need something with more balance. I need something where I could create my hours. So obviously working for the tutorial center part-time here on a full-time basis with the visa work permit, which are the two most important documents for any foreigner here. I only work what? Well, uh, obviously given the shutdown right now, 
I work maybe five right now on Sundays, five and a half hours. And I work three hours on uh, Monday uh, and three hours on Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. It was one hour per day, Saturday, no hours because it's all online. But now I was able, because they started boosting prices for one of my students, I was able to take one of those students. So basically now I have about three online students here within Thailand. I have another online student in the Philippines, another one potentially in Peru, and maybe a few others by the time you guys listen to this. So my balance is phenomenal because I'm doing everything in front of my computer's, uh, computer screen. I just need to make more of an environment that is very good, like having a table, having the best lighting, having a very good camera and stuff like that. But my balance is phenomenal because on Saturdays, on oh my God, and those would be the toughest days for me because I would teach like two badass young boys who I did not like teaching. I would teach kids that were always on their phones or I would do this, I would do that. If I look at my work-life balance, like even while I was teaching back in 2018, the majority of those classes I had, I did not like guys. I did not like. There was only one business I ended up having for like two different, um, what is it, twice, where they were able to pay me, you know, a good amount. Uh, but again, the, the place that, the, boy, they ended up like taking a lot of money from me, but, um, yeah, so there that was enjoyable, but then there was a lot of altercations at my job right now, but now those have ceased to exist. So what I'm saying is I've been able to have that balance to the point. They understand my schedule. They understand my privacy. They understand what I can do and you have to give me that balance. So, huh, for other teachers, not so much. So this is the last question for you guys. Is it common for people to work with their husband, wife, or family in your country? Now, Thailand, yes, there's a lot of family businesses. Uh, in America, a lot of people would say be careful. So you guys probably may have heard the big separation between Bill and Melinda Gates, although it's none of my business, so therefore I do not care. But when they're working together, something must have gone wrong because that was a 27-year relationship. And given the fact that Bill Gates is almost 70, I'm like, dude, you got to make that work. You don't have that much time, Mr. Bill Gates. I mean, not necessarily. You do have another third of your life. But to be like very adamant and a, you know, a functioning member of society, maybe another 20, 30 years max, maybe not even 30, 25 years max before everything begins to deteriorate, right? And so hey, I don't know where it went south, but you guys got to be careful because guess what? Because they broke up, guess how much money she gets of all of that? And maybe she will be deserving of it. But if Bill is like a lot of people like Kobe and everything, boy, she ended up sacking him for almost $100 million when they had separated. And guess what? They ended up getting back together later on. Ridiculous. So anyways, I'm just telling you guys from my perspective that if you're running a business, with your wife, man, you just better make sure that you guys are in it for the long term. Because if you're not, oh my God, uh, then next thing you know, the business goes that what well, you're gonna have to stop the business. You're gonna have to stop this. You're gonna have to stop that. That ends up being just so much turmoil. So be careful with that, people. Nonetheless, hey, just giving you guys my pointers, my feedback on the situation, and. With that being said, there's the interview with Omo Achoy. I don't even know where she's from. It's obviously with her accent, she's from um, the UK. But uh, I do believe she could potentially be from Hong Kong with her last name. Not from Hong Kong, 
but her roots go back to Hong Kong. So nonetheless, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Get it into networking. We're going to talk about Icebreaker in the next podcast. So stay tuned. Over and out. <laughs>